Welcome to the Halftime Chat with me, Sim Gessie. In the change room made just for you by Bright Rock. It's not every day you get to speak to a culture changer. Former Blitzball coach Paul True is just that. Well-traveled and deeply studious, Paul reveals what are the key elements to building a strong system and gives us a sober take on what true change and transformation looks like. Paul True, how are you doing today, brother? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I think the last time I saw you was in Hong Kong. You know? Yes, we were. Good times. <laughs> First of all, there, rugby is honestly one of the greatest games in the world, I personally feel, and I'm sure you feel the same. One thing I need to say, when you have many accolades that I can see written down here, but one thing I can say about you from knowing you is that you are what you call the utter utter gentleman and I, I, I can and all the accolades aside you've always been so respectful and so loving and so caring in all the years that I've known you and I really appreciate that thank you even the days when you were coach um, for me talk about your rugby career and how you got into rugby and the transition into rugby as a kid I think you know just to maybe uh, from the onset just to state uh, you know that uh, I didn't pay you to say that. no no <laughs> not paid at all uh, people know me that I'm, I, I shoot from the hip yeah but I think I, I, you know I do when it comes to me as a person I never like talking about myself you know but um, uh, I think you know I do have my moments and I think you know especially when you move into that coaching space yeah. I think you, you need to almost like you know many in a different way in a different style and so I do have my moments, you know, where I'm uh, quite gentle and quite humble, you know, but uh, when you actually step into that arena and you're working with a the team, then it's something obviously very different. Okay. But as far as my career and playing career, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I mean, I've, I probably was born into a rugby family and all my brothers played the game. So, you know, I used to play rugby on the streets, you know, like when you stuff, yeah. you know, the, the plastic bottle, you know, yes. with all the, the grass and yeah. stuff and papers. And I mean, that's how I used to play in the streets and obviously started to play when I was probably about eight, nine, you know, at school. And, uh, you know, I just, um, just continue, you know, after that. Hmm. So what, what changed in you that really showed you that you can do this as a living and this can be a professional? What changed? What did you see? Well, so, so I've uh, studied at UWC and then um, uh, also as a former teacher, then I went back to teaching uh, in Swellendam as well. It's my hometown. And um, obviously when rugby turned uh, professional uh, in 95, 96, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, I was still teaching at the time, but then uh, the opportunity was there, rugby term professional, and I've decided, okay, I want to I wanna give this a go and see if, uh, if I can make this a career. All right, so after playing for South Africa for seven yeah, years at the Sevens team, you played for 10 years, right? About, about 10 years, yes. You became head coach for 10 years. How was that? I must from, say, for the, the change from being a player to a coach. Yeah, I think it was uh, quite challenging. I think at the start, um, but obviously, I think the first change for me was, you know, obviously uh, moving into you know the space where I became the captain of the team of the sevens team, and uh, and and the late Chester Williams, you know. Um, uh, you know, under him, he almost like allowed you to almost like to to manage and to lead the team in a way that, you know, that made their change a little bit easier mm -hmm. when you moved into that space, you know, taking over the team as a coach. Um, but it, it is never easy because all of a sudden, I mean, the year before you were playing with certain players and then the year after you, you were coaching them. Yeah. And I think Neil Powell, the current you know, Springbok Sevens coach, I think experienced the same mm -hmm. because I, I played with him and then I had to coach him and he played with certain of the, of some of the players and, and then, you know, all of a sudden he was coaching them. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you don't have, 
have, you know, very grounded, you know, principles and the philosophy of how you want to coach and uh, the things that you're going to stand for and what's going to be negotiable and non-negotiable, then I think it's going to be very challenging. Yeah. But I think, in a, the, 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 I think the, the change from a player to captain and then captain to the coach made it a little bit easier. Uh, and obviously having a good network and experienced players around you also yeah. you know, assisted. So you're the first African coach to lead the team to victory at the World 7 Series in 2009. What is your secret to the success? Well, that wasn't an easy process. I can promise you that. Um, I mean, I took the team over in 2004, and in 2009, we won the first World, World Series. But, you know, like in any business and any sport, there's yeah. always like a tipping point. You know, there's yeah. always something that happens that, you know, say, okay, some things need to change. And, and I think for us, it was the fact that I think it was in 2007, we've played England three times, and we've lost by 100 points. We could only score, I think, one or two tries. And in sevens? In sevens. In three games, they put 100 points on us. What? <laughs> Were you playing with five for seven? <laughs> so, um, and actually at the time, um, you know, Cecil was our sponsor at the time, you know, and uh, you know, I had a breakfast with, uh, with one of the, you know, uh, executives in Singapore uh, of all the places. And that I must said, have been a very expensive breakfast. <laughs> very expensive. And I said to him, "Listen, um, you know, th th this is. I think, you know, we 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 coming in at, at the stage where we will have to decide where we want to take this. You know, I think with Bright Rock now, you know, being involved like with the Western Province and and the Stormers, you want to see success. You want to be associated with the you know success yeah. and teams that's playing well and it's performing well and um, and and especially being a national team. You know, you want to create hope. You want to inspire young kids. You know, to take up the game and you want to be successful as a team you know but what is happening at the moment you know we need to elevate the profile of the game we need to become more successful how can we do that we need assistance you know with this we need more exposure you know as a team we need uh, more marketing we need to become full-time in order for that to happen we need financial backing and I think back in the day you know obviously with SA Rugby you know the the exco at the time uh, in the board you know they allowed us and actually increased our budget you know they allowed us to become full-time for the first time because we were actually the first time or the first team uh, in the world that actually offered professional contracts and also wow. uh, to be based in in, in, in in like a central location like in Stellenbosch so there was a first thing like I think for us and that all those little things you know that contributed to the towards you know us ultimately okay. winning the World Series so for me so after that so that more money came in a lot of the times more money doesn't mean the results are going to come no, through no. so Kyle Brown speaks very 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 highly of you and he says you're one of his biggest influences in his life and without you the sevens uh, the whole entire process of where the sevens is now wouldn't have happened and he really speaks highly of you and we had a great conversation about you so I personally feel like you need a lot more credit in being part of the establishment of that system what did you do to get to this get the system where it is now like what did you do because money is not enough and it's never going to be enough yeah. I, I think like in like in any business and any sport where there's success it's or you always find that there are good people mm -hmm. you know within that business or within that you know that that sport mm -hmm. and i think that was probably the first thing that we had to change it was very very difficult it was a, a challenging time because you wanted to take the team in a certain direction and you had to surround yourself with good people so one of the things that was really important that some of the the key you know in most experienced sevens players okay. had to make some tough you know calls in terms of do you want to be part of this so if you if we want to be successful as a team you need to pack up you know leave your family maybe behind leave whatever is important to you move to Stellenbosch and really make this 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 big goal mm -hmm. that we want to become the first team sevens team South African team to actually to win a world series mm -hmm. so 
the question that we ask the players is that one day when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're you know, 50 and you're sitting out there and you're retired, what is the question that you want to ask? You know, or if someone asks you that question, say, what are the, big, the, the biggest thing that you've achieved in your life and you had an opportunity to do it and you didn't take it, how are you going to feel then? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and looking back and reflecting on your life. But I think for the first thing was basically is to have good people around you. And I think surrounding myself, you know, with uh, some quality players and, and, and good people, you know, I think, you know, you spoke about the fact that you, uh, you need people who are in it, you know, for the right reasons um, and who can stay the distance. They're prepared, you know, to go the extra mile. Um, and external networks, you know, whether it was science and whether it was business and whether it was sport around the world, people who can, you can actually bring into the system and making sure that you can, that you, you can create those small steps and the conditions for this team to excel. No, agreed. Um, I've always said, because um, I do a lot of work in rugby and different kinds of sport, I've always said that if we can get all the teams around the country to be like the Sevens team because they always have such unity. They, they're like a family. Yeah. The Sevens boys, if you go out, <laughs> they are together in everything. At the airport, mm. they're together. When the plane is delayed, they're together. Yeah. And that's got a lot to do with you. And I, I don't, you're a very modest man, but I'll give you that credit. And I feel like you need a lot more credit when it, in, in that department. And then you moved from being coach, winning everything, doing everything that you had to do with the Sevens series, you moved to Kenya to mm. coach there. Mm. Now, you spoke about it. A lot of these players needed to make sacrifices to get where they needed to get to. Mm. To be the best you can be and to, you have to change things. You have to make yeah, sacrifices. Yeah. Moving to Kenya, that couldn't have been easy. How was that change? I think, I think the most difficult part of that was probably leaving a family behind. Yeah. And I think, you know, in a sense, any player, and you spoke about Carl and... I think, you know, the most difficult part for them is parting ways with the team, with the family that you've been involved, you know, with for so long. And I think that is probably was probably the most difficult thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I must give credit also to SA Rugby because Rassi and, 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 you know, the CEO did offer me to stay on at SA Rugby. But at the time, I just felt like I've been involved, you know, maybe it's just time for me also to move on and maybe to be challenged and grow in a different way. Mm-hmm. And um, But leaving the team behind, I think, was the most difficult one for me. And, and then you've been part of this family, you know, both as a player and then as a coach for almost 10 years and now all of a sudden you're competing against the same team. That was very, very challenging for me at the time. Uh, so I had to make peace with the fact, you know, you have a different family now, you have a different team that you're coaching and, you know, and you have to move on. But that took time, you know, it, uh, I think uh, I'm only settling in now, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> okay. And then the change between 15s rugby, 7s rugby to 15s rugby. Let's talk about that because a lot of a people don't understand. Different ball it's game. not just eight less people on that field. <laughs> There's different things that are done differently. But what is the change? First of all, could you just explain to people the difference between sevens and 15? Not, it's not just a numbers game, but you coaching 15s and differently coaching sevens. How's that changed in your whole? So obviously in sevens and from a coaching perspective, the dynamics is different. I mean, like in 15s, you will have more like your set pieces, mm-hmm. like your lineouts and your scrums and your kicking game, which is more important. And obviously your defense, which is you know equally important yeah. in sevens as well. Sevens, you know, very much more fast-paced, you know, you need different kind of athletes mm-hmm. and it's a, it's unique, you know, type of like specimen that you actually need for sevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the game is, you know, so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, 
so moving, you know, from sevens to fifteens, you know, was a was a big change for me again. So mm. I've, I've my my whole life has been this roller coaster mm. coaster of change because yeah. firstly, you know, from a player to a captain, then from a captain, you know, to a, a coach, and then from uh, moving from the Springbok sevens to Kenya, and then from from Kenya and sevens to fifteens, mm. and all of a sudden, you know, to do something that I've actually never done before. Mm. So credit must also go to to Gert Smal, you know, our former director of rugby, because he asked me to come and join the Stormers, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. But it, it, it took me a couple of months to settle in. So the Stormers were very great, you know, very um, accommodating in that regard because they allowed me the first six months just to find my feet and just to observe. Mm-hmm. And then after that, obviously, I started to take over the role as the defense coach, you know, within within 15s and with the Stormers. So it, it sounds like you really like, you, you like challenges and because you could have picked very easy <laughs> roads. You could, have, you, you could have picked an avenue that would be a lot easier and more comfortable for you. Um, is that like a personal thing that you are trying to, to, to go through as you teach your children this about change and challenges and taking it on the chin or is it just you've been dealt these cards just deal with it mm. I think it's uh, it's it's obviously a process and um, I think you must go where your where where your aspirations are and obviously where the opportunities you know uh, come up as well but I think I've always I, I wanted to challenge myself I wanted to see, you know, can I do this? Uh, and again, even now, like, you know, being involved with the, the Stormers in the Western Province for almost five years and also consulting with Japan because it's a different culture again, you know. So all of a sudden you were in Kenya, you had to deal with a different culture uh, and now you're moving into that space where in Japan, you know, you don't quite understand the language so you have to communicate in a different way. And I've always been a person who has been chasing knowledge, you know, and I want to continue to learn and, you know, and to grow in different ways in different areas and I think I've always wanted to challenge myself in that regard. Okay, so another thing that I, I, I'm, I've always been a fan of is you, it, sometimes I watch you on the sideline, it's like rugby, you see it in slow motion and differently <laughs> to many of us. So a lot of us just see collisions, scram, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. Do you ever get a chance just to enjoy rugby without seeing five meters that way, that's a scrum, that takes that, that, that's eight yeah, men, but yeah, yeah. A, like it's the same as me watching a film sometimes I'm always like this is going to happen this is going to happen this is going to happen do you still have a chance to enjoy rugby? I think it's uh, um, it is difficult because I'm very analytical and I think and I think uh, <laughs> that's what you, I meant analytical yeah. analytical is the word yeah. thank you for, thank you English gods <laughs> thank you <laughs> and I think when you're a coach you always you know look through that lens mm. it, you know when you're watching sport and especially when you're watching rugby mm. and but lately I mean I think I've also come to in, enjoy mm. uh, I think you know the finer things in life and also when it comes to sport and just to try to relax and not to to analyze too much you know but uh, um, so, so basically what I do now is I just go to a game and I watch it and even though I like that now I like the World Cup you know I would download the games afterwards and then I will I know, do my analysis the times yeah. I, I, I'm struggling with the times <laughs> 12 o'clock during the day what are you doing at 12 watching rugby but it's difficult it, it is difficult mm. but I mean you get used to it and I think um, once you're a coach you know you're always going to be a coach and then it's like almost and, and coming you know from the teaching from a teaching background as well I think you know that also you know makes the change a little bit easier so because you come from teaching my mother comes from teaching uh, 33 years as a as a principal is it not difficult to to look at the people that you coach as students or sometimes you have to look at them as part of the team no, i think i think it's the it's the if you understand learning how learning occurs in and teaching methodology and coaching methodology that it becomes easier because the, it, there's a lot of transfer 
you know, between different, you know, uh, uh, codes and between business and sport. And I think, you know, those are the kind of things. If you understand the principle of learning, uh, it becomes easy because you, you know how people learn in a certain yeah, way yeah. and, you know, you're connecting the dots Agreed. and you're looking for certain behaviors. If you're very principle-based, mm-hmm. you understand that things are run according to a system, then mm-hmm. it becomes easier. Okay. okay, so all the questions I'm asking you aren't all going to be easy. I'm going <laughs> to throw the in something. Listen, so some people who are listening here might not agree, but for me, it's, I know how it is. I'm a black man in a space that's predominantly white. You are a person of color in a space that's predominantly. I was hoping that question was wasn't going to come up. No, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Don't worry. <laughs> how has it been a person of color in the system mm. of rugby? Yeah. Without I, not being specific to any experience. I think I think it's. Uh, I've always been a person that is uh, that firmly believes in the principle of fairness, the yeah. principle of equality. Mm. And I think if you speak to every single black coach out there, because I can only now. I mean, I've been a player mm. and I understand that space. Mm. Uh, but now as a coach, you know, I think what is really you know I think tough for black coaches out there at the moment is that uh, you know they're not getting the opportunities. I think that they that they could maybe also given be given to coach at that elite level. So I think in a sense that the black coaches sometimes feel like they've been marginalized mm-hmm. uh, and they're not being given the fair opportunities, you know, to actually to prove that they also can coach at that level. And I think the landscape is changing a bit. And I think there are concerted efforts. And I think as a rugby, because they have the, you know, the authority and the power to a coach, to appoint coaches uh, like they've done with the SS schools and like they've done with all Shucks. the other, yeah, like they've done with the other national teams. But I think the time has also come where with when it comes to the franchises that our black coaches need to move out of that assistant coach space into the head coaching space. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only when that is going to happen. We've seen, you know, the impact of Sia, you know, being the Sticks. first ethnic black captain, mm-hmm. you know, of the Springboks. We've seen the impact of that, you know, on us and with our history, you know, as South Africans, mm-hmm. what that, you know, has on uh, on us as a nation. And I think it's important the day that we're going we're gonna to see an ethnic black coach, you know, as coach of the Springboks or any black coach, mm-hmm. you know, as coach of the Stormers or the Sharks mm-hmm. or the Bulls, you know, I think that's really when people are going to start to resonate with their team uh, and with us as a country. That's the only way. And you see what's happening in cricket now. You see what was happening in other sports, mm-hmm. uh, even globally, you know, what is happening within other countries as well. You know, they're instituting policies to make sure that people are being given, given opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, what black coaches are asking is not to be given, you know, uh, a free ride. Mm. Um, what they're asking for is an opportunity to prove themselves. Sure. They're, not, they're not asking, you know, for anything else. They just want a seat at the table to make sure that let me also come and present. Let me also mm. at least show you that I have the skills mm. and the competencies to, to coach at that level. Mm. And I think that is a very difficult one at the moment. So when it comes to fairness, when it comes to equality, I think we still have a long way to go in making mm. sure that everyone has got a fair and equal chance, you know, to coach our, our franchises and to coach our top, you know, uh, Curry Cup teams yeah. and also to coach our national teams. But to, if, to anyone who is listening, when you do get given the chance, do it well, do it incredibly well. When you get the opportunity, make sure you do it big and you don't let anything slide. But I think, you know, that's probably where some people has got it wrong because quotas, you know, within equality law is actually unlawful. Mm. It's only when you suitably qualified that you actually can coach at that level. And I've always believed for me to become the Springboard coach, or to become the Stormers coach, I need to be almost like overqualified mm. at my present you know, <laughs> role that I'm doing yeah. now to actually to make the jump to the next one. So to make sure for any black coach out there, 
And whether you're black and whether you're white, it actually doesn't matter because to make that step up, you know, to the next level, you need to be qualified to coach at that level. And that's why, like, I've, for me, from a personal perspective, you know, I try to connect and to uh, interact with so many coaches, you know, internationally. Uh, and whether it's my studies and whether it's coaching and whether it's business, to make sure that when you move into that space that you're ready to take up that role and you can be successful. Great. All right. Finally, uh, the final question, because we had you for 20 minutes, is <laughs> change. What does change mean to you? Because for me, out of all the ones we've ever interviewed, you've spoken about change, <laughs> taking on challenges the most. What does change mean to you? Follow the bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with following the bounce uh, of a rugby ball. It's not a soccer ball. It's a rugby ball. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, you almost like you have to also understand the space that we're in at the moment in where life is taking us, where business is taking us, where technology is taking us, you know, where, where sport is taking us. Is uh, I think the time where you have to come up like with a five-year plan and this is where you're going to be, I think that is still important, but it's really being a adaptive within the moment mm. and changing you know as you go along mm. and and for me that has been when I talk about change that is for me what is the most important to equip you with the skill sets the competencies to almost like to to cope with that kind of mm. change so I can now say to you okay so because I can move from a from a coach to yeah. from a player to a coach I can move from sevens to fifteens you know it's different sports it's different things it's different environments different cultures but what are the things the capabilities that I need mm. to make sure that I can cope with their change mm -hmm. so for me change is all about you know when from if i'm a coach and i'm coming into a new environment you know how will that affect the people you know in the current environment and how is it going to affect me and how am i going to deal with that mm -hmm. so if i don't understand you know how other people are feeling about change and how it's going to affect them and how it's going to make you know affect me mm -hmm. things seeing things from their perspective and, and seeing things from my perspective you know are two different things you know and i need to have that that kind of awareness mm -hmm. so emotional intelligence social intelligence collaborative intelligence whatever we want to call it so bright rock is talking about blended families we're talking about blended intelligence and making sure that you you have the skill sets to actually to, to, to cope and to deal with change and to manage it you know throughout the process great interview great chatting with you and I look forward to one day you being the Springbok coach and I said it I yeah to thanks it. a lot sir. and that was halftime chat with me serving Yessi in the change room made just for you by Brightrock the first ever needs match life insurance that changes as your life changes for more episodes, subscribe to In The Change Room on Iona FM, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen.